Welcome to Season 1, Episode 10 of the Red Diamond Report Podcast. I'm your host, Wilton Jackson. Today we have another exciting episode for you that you don't want to miss. I sat down with Thomas Snacks Lee, a former player and student manager of the Jackson State University men's basketball team and a 2020 ESPN SB Award winner. For those who may not remember, Snacks knocked down the biggest three-pointer of his life in a JSU victory versus Arkansas Pine Bluff on March 2nd that led him to become a viral sensation landing him all over the media in places such as ABC's Good Morning America, TMZ Sports, The Athletic, The Washington Post, The Undefeated, Pardon My Take, ESPN, as well as Pardon the Interruption, The Dan Lebatard, and Around the Horn. But for Snacks, the goal was not to become famous or to become a social media star. It was his way of living out his dream, but more importantly, using his platform to serve as an example that dreams can come true and that anything is possible. Or in his words, just stay down and wait for your moment. Sit back and get ready to listen as he discusses his love for basketball, the name Snacks, his love for music, his desire to give back to the community, and more. This is Season 1, Episode 10 of the Red Diamond Report Podcast. Basketball, the Snacks way of life. Let's get it. Welcome to the Red Diamond Report podcast with your host, Wilton Jackson. And today we have Thomas Snacksley. Thomas, it's good to have you on the show, man. I appreciate you for having me. So, Thomas, I mean, you know, granted, since everything that happened with you, you know, knocking down a three-point shot to, you know, going pretty much viral on everything, going on every major media platform, what are you doing these days? Tell people, you know, just a little bit about who you are and what you're doing now. Well, of course, as you all know, I'm Thomas Lee, a.k.a. Snacks former men's basketball manager slash player. And ever since the season has ended, I've uh, taken on another role as an assistant with the equipment, as well as hands-on with the men's basketball team, a practice player for the women as well. So I've been, you know, trying to you know be a part of the program and contribute as much as I can. And so with you in that role now, like, what is it like being somewhat, I guess, on the other side, but really it should still feel like, you know, second nature to you. It definitely still feels the same, although, you know, some duties are stronger than others. Some things that I, you know, that I'm doing now that I wasn't doing when I was a manager. So just give me, a, you know, more of a leadership role and just, you know, helping me to be, you know, diverse in all areas of athletics. And so when you say in terms of helping out with the equipment and, and managing that, what's some of the roles that you're doing now that you weren't doing um, previously? Um, our inventory for all sports working hands-on with ordering and uh, just, you know, all the logistics that come with, you know, ordering and inventory and just, you know, making sure that all the, the players and all the sport program have everything they need. So, you know, just from knowing you before, you know, you went viral and, and essentially famous. I know you probably hate when people say, like, he went viral, he's going famous. But, I mean, you did. Like, you know, just to, you know, just keep it, you know, keep it a band. Like, you went from, you know, Snacks, the, the manager, the people that you were familiar face around the team to literally like you took everything by storm and I couldn't be more proud of you for uh, everything that came your way and, and what you're still doing. So, but I also know that you're a man of many talents and I just know that, you know, basketball is, is just one of them. How did you get involved in basketball? I got involved with basketball early in a, a summer camp that I was in called Kids College that was on Jackson State's campus. Mm-hmm. And it was a camp probably from K to 12th grade where they, you know, offer you just many different uh, electives as well as academic courses. So I used to always sign, uh, sign up for the athletic classes 
and just playing there. And on Fridays, we used to always get a chance to go to the AAC on Fridays because we knew that um, on Fridays that everyone would, would be able to go to the AAC. And it was something that we looked forward to every week. And we'd go play basketball and different other uh, events in there. So my love for the game kind of grew then, as well as getting the chance to come to Jackson State game early as a child and kind of see them and see the environment and, the, you know, the HBCU atmosphere and see, you know, how they welcome me in and treat me as a little brother. So it kind of, you know, triggered my, my love for the game. So what did you take away the most from that experience at Kids College? Uh, I took away the, the family atmosphere, uh, the motivation of all the counselors and peers and everyone that wanted to see you be successful, you know, whichever avenue. Of course, they had many dance classes, uh, music classes, basketball classes. So they gave you a variety of things to choose from. Right. Absolutely right. Now, having grown up around Jackson, as a kid, you always wonder like what it would be like to, you know, shoot a ball in the AAC. Like I grew up, you know, shooting basketball in uh, the TBLs. So I know for a fact that it's a difference between, you know, shooting ball in TBLs and and shooting ball in the AAC. It's it's definitely an adjustment. And of course, in my camp, we were floating around from the TBLs, the Walter Payton Center, Mm -hmm. as well as AAC. And I mean, everyone's dream was to be in the main gym and be on the main floor. It's kind of a different feel. You kind of feel warm and more welcome when you're on the actual floor. And it's kind of like, oh, you know, something that you dream about and saying, man, one day I really want to do this. I'm going to switch gears a little quick. When you nailed that shot, I'm sure you didn't probably think that you would, you would go on to do some of the things that you've been able to do. But one of the things that you did do, obviously you met, you know, essentially your favorite player in Ford, Kevin Durant. In terms of that, like, what what makes him your favorite player? Just his all-around game, what he brings to the table. You know, he's a versatile wing forward. He, you know, he can shoot the three ball. He can face up. He can, you know, give you a variety of different ways of scoring. He's a lead level scorer, as well as, you know, how, you know, in the moment he steps up and, you know, he kind of, you know, not afraid of the moment. So I kind of take that away from his game as well as, you know, how elite he is and, you know, how he carries himself. And I've been, of course, following him since he was playing in Texas. Right. I can only imagine. I know for me, if, if it was me on, you know, the show and when you got that signed autographed jersey from him, I probably would have not necessarily fainted, but I probably would have passed out. Like I'm literally getting a jersey, a signed jersey from my favorite basketball player. Right. So it was, go yeah, ahead. It, it was definitely uh, an amazing moment. At first, I thought he was they were about to bring him out. Because, you know, all my friends were saying, uh, yeah, you guys are in New York, so they might bring him out. So I was like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do if they actually bring him out. So to get the jersey was, you know, a blessing in itself. So, yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit real quick. I know he's one of your favorite players, or, or he is your favorite player, but who would you say is your all-time favorite player? My all-time favorite player is Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal. And why Shaq? Just the level of dominance and, you know, I, I like dominant basketball players, like guys that, you know, day in, day out, they're going to bring what they bring to the table and do it at the elite level. So uh, his energy, uh, his leadership, as well as, you know, you know what he brought to the game. Right. Now, granted, you wouldn't have had this opportunity to do what you've done if it were not for Jackson State's basketball team. And I, I would like to think that, you know, granted, uh, your work around the team, helping out behind the scenes, but then also being a player on the team. Like, how has this team shaped your life in many ways? It's, it's, it's brought a great brotherhood. It's um, taught, taught us how to face adversity. You know, of course, with our season ending early, kind of um, 
brought guys very close together and, you know, those relationships kind of carry on beyond basketball. So definitely giving us the opportunity to be able to, um, you know, get to know each other outside of basketball and also form a brotherhood where, you know, we kind of relate on and off the court where, you know, it continues to mold it togetherness. And when you mentioned that brotherhood, that's somewhat off the court, you know, I would assume like, you know, you guys hanging out, you know, talking about basketball, talking about just different things. Like, you know, you, you, when you, when you talk about a brotherhood, it's so, it, it encompasses so many things. Right. Yeah, it's definitely um anywhere from if, if some of you guys don't have cars when they come on campus, some guys are from, you know, Oregon or you got guys that are from Arizona, all those guys don't always have vehicles or, you know, sometimes they can't get to and fro. So, Simple things is taking guys to the store or, you know, helping guys, um, you know, they don't have their dorm maybe far away from the gym, giving them a ride to back to the dorm. So it's just the little things that kind of mold relationships throughout the course of college. Absolutely. What would you say you enjoy the most about or what do you respect the most about Coach Brent and the players on the team? What I respect most about Coach Brent would probably be how, you know, he values everyone on the team from the manager all the way up to the best player on the team. And, you know, he kind of never – he never um, makes you feel as if you're not important. You know, he treats you just like if you're the best player. He makes you feel warm and welcome. And, you know, just, the, you know, the way he carries himself, you know, he's always uh, the most confident man in the room when he walks in. So it's definitely uh, something that stands out about Coach Brent. And when now you you mentioned that you've been helping out the uh, the women's basketball team as well, and you know Coach Reed the, talk about the work she done just in the amount of the short amount of time she's been there. I mean, the girls team just as good as the guys team. You know, what's it like being around Coach Reed and, and the players that she has on the team, and even just kind of moving in forward moving forward to this season. Well, it's, it's it's an amazing experience to be around Coach Reed as well. Someone who brings a high level of energy, um, passionate. You know. She, she wants the best for her girls, and, you know, she, she makes sure she put them in the, um, the best position to be successful, whether that is, uh, you know, chewing them out in practice or, you know, just encouraging them and, um, you know, letting them know that, you know, they're the best when they walk out on the floor and carry themselves in that way. So it's definitely um, a great experience to be a, around such elite-level coaches and to see, you know, how they prepare their teams and how passionate they are about what they're doing and just seeing, you know, how, how they – want to challenge the players to be the best version of themselves on and off the court as well. So this is something that's very special about both coaches. Right. And, and I think for people who may not know Coach Brent and Coach Reed, you talk about two tremendous coaches. Coach Brent, you know, uh, down to earth, greedy guy, making sure that, you know, his guys more than anything, they're going to play defense. And you know that from day one. And, you know, he's he's a passionate coach as well. But then Coach Reed, like you said, when when somebody's not doing something right, you look down, the, you know, look down the sideline, you could probably see her. Chewing out somebody like and, it, and it's nothing, you know. That's that. That's just what that's what she does. And so, in terms of you know being around the team and you know this whole idea of the name snacks, like when you were given that name, did you like the name? Like you know, like what was your initial thoughts about it? Oh, uh, it was funny to me because I mean, just out of all names, just you know they will say snacks, but. I kind of felt like, you know, that would probably be a name because I often brought Skittles or just my food to the games before um, during the women game and would sit in the men's locker room waiting on the guys to get there. And over the course of years, nobody really knew my name, so they gave me that name. It kind of got popular and popular. And uh, a lot of my people, like my family, they didn't know that was my name. And some of them kind of were like, are they making fun of you or, you know, this or that? I was like, no, it's just a common name. There's no uh, other context to it. But um, over time, it got popular and popular. And, you know, it just became common. 
And I mean, I'm sure like like after hitting that three pointer, you you know you went viral. Like snacks was a thing. Snacks was trending on right. Twitter. That that was a trend on Twitter, which is a, a huge deal. And so when you knocked down that shot, and I know you probably have had this question numerous times, but I'm I'm still gonna ask it though. Like, did you like when when you knocked down the shot? What went through your mind? One and two, did you ever in your mind think that you would have the impact that you have now? I definitely always felt that I would be able to impact some kind of form or fashion, mm-hmm. whether that was, you know, taking my job serious as a manager or, you know, I felt like if I got in and got an opportunity that I would make the shot, I'm always confident in myself. And, you know, I always feel like I can do what everyone else does. You know, I kind of never try to limit myself and never settle. So it definitely was a, a motivating factor for me as well as others that are kind of, you know, chasing the same dream or kind of, you know, getting told no, you know, things like that. So it's definitely um, – it definitely served as a motivating factor. And and not only, you know, obviously you go on, you you go viral on numerous media platforms uh, across the country, across the world, uh, actually. And, you know, you're voted to, you know, win an ESPY. Like, that, that was huge within itself to be nominated, but then to actually win it. I mean, that's something that's, that's that just, just doesn't happen all the time, right? right. And so now I, I noticed that you're doing different things you know, not only within basketball, but then the community to kind of uplift young kids that, you know, like you said, how you just mentioned, you know, if they're often told no for certain things, how is that, how is your experiences that motor you paying off for you paying it forward for these kids? It's, it's doing a, a lot, honestly, just to be able to have the platform, to be able to have the support and know that if I have a vision or something like that and I tell people or, you know, I kind of put it out on my platform that people are supporting people, are, you know, kind of you know, get behind you and push you and tell you, you know, you can do it. Just uh, just always a pleasure to be able to give back, uh, whether it's motivation or if that's uh, support or if it's, you know, in, in any fashion that I can uh, give back to the community, give back to young men that, you know, are chasing the same dream as well as people that might have low self-esteem or, you know, not believe in themselves to kind of give them that boost or that spark that they need to get over the hump. It's always, you know, something that I, I don't take for granted the opportunity to be able to do that. Right. And so I know it's I, I know it's um, things that's going on, on in terms of basketball, but what are what's the list of things that's going on maybe with basketball and outside of basketball? Of course, with basketball, I started the youth basketball organization with the AAU team, Snack Pack Elite. Um, I had had the opportunity to have some of the top players in the state this summer. We had we went 15 to five on the summer, which was great. To, you know, almost hit that 20 win mark in the summer um, your first year. And also to be able to um, get in the community, I did breakfasts, give out to breakfast to the homeless people as well as those that may not have, um, you know, meals. You know, some families that, you know, local income families. So to be able to do that as well, and to be able to do different various community service projects with um, uh, throughout the community, whether that was um, helping elderly people or you know just doing different things in the community where you know help was needed. And when you're coaching, for example, uh, to kind of uh, zone in real quick on on the uh, basketball team that you have, Snake Pack Elite, when these guys that you're coaching, you know, when when you're coaching them and you're giving them that guidance, what what do you see in them when you when you're doing that? I just see a, a lot of potential. I see greatness. I see, um, I see. I kind of see what they don't see at the time. Mm-hmm. You kind of uh, see where where a player can what a player can be. You know, you can see the potential. Your job is just to continue to try to um, challenge them to be the best version of themselves. 
whether that's on the court in their skill or um, in different aspects of the game where you can use life scenarios to kind of help them uh, make it relatable on the court and off the court to kind of challenge them to, you know, be better men or to react to different situations different and to kind of um, – you just make it translate where, you know, they have an understanding where they respect you and where they respect, you know, your vision that you have for them. What would you say is your ultimate goal in life at this point? At this point, my ultimate goal in life is just continue to make a tremendous impact on the community, on my peers, uh, continue to help those that are to come, you know, after me to uh, be great. And, you know, just if, if they need any motivation in any way that I can be to kind of help them know that someone is in their corner, you know, wanting them to be great want to see them succeed. Also, um, starting my own snack pack organization, you know, where I do mentoring, um, helping with music as well, uh, helping upcoming musicians, as well as, um, you know, athletics as well. So I just, you know, want to do that as well. And, you know, start my career in coaching as well. So, Right. So that's why I said, I know you're well-rounded from athletics to, you know, I know you have a desire to coach. And that's what I meant when I said earlier uh, in the show, talking about like, you know, you have, you, you're a jack of all trades essentially. And I knew you were interested in music. What, where did that interest of music come from? And, and what do you, or what do you hope to do with it? I just hope to continue to inspire other younger musicians and continue to maximize my potential as well. We're doing different on live band events and um, challenging myself to get better and, you know, continue to be a better musician where other people can, you know, be motivated and want to challenge themselves to be better as well, just to make the whole group better. And, you know, just find a way to just continue to be great. Is there any specific um, genre of music that you like the most? I like, I like R&B, um, I like R&B and jazz a lot. I also have a love for blues and of course gospel and playing in, in my church and everything like that. It's a, uh, it's something that I do, that I do a lot. So um, definitely, in my church all the time playing gospel music. It's, it's something that I have a love for as well. If you had to choose or if you had to um, decide who is your favorite musician, who would you say is your favorite musician and why? My favorite musician would probably be Corey Henry. He's a very um, world-known musician, uh, pianist. He, you know, he's very great. He's versatile. He gives you different looks. He uh, can play any genre of music. And he, he does a great job of uh, making musicians around him better as well. Right. And I know you um, you're actually really, really good with the piano. That's what I've heard. You know, word around the street is that you're really good on, on the piano. Uh, is it just the piano that you enjoy playing the most or are you just like playing other uh, musical instruments as well? I play piano and drums. So I like rhythms, too, and different um, playing, playing different uh, styles of music on drums as well. So piano and drums primary my, my go to. In terms of coaching, so, you know, you kind of pretty much, and we just touched on the music side, but with coaching, you know, you pretty much kind of started this, this snack, snack, snack attack elite team. So where do you hope this goes moving forward? Like, do you, would you, would you hope to, you know, or would you aspire to be a coach on a like middle school, high school level, or one day a college level? Like what's, what's the goal with that? My goal is one day to, you know, put myself in a position to be Jackson State's head coach one day. Uh, to potentially be a um, NBA scout, or you know, working my way up in an organization such as you know Eric Spoelstra did it, so to kind of put myself in that position. So that's kind of the goal. Right now, I have to ask this since we're on basketball. I have some other questions, but I have to ask this. So, are you a LeBron fan? I respect him, but um, I'm not just. <laughs> 
No, I understand because I know I was on Twitter earlier today and you had put a tweet and it was like, who would you choose in your top three? And you had some tough people in that. I mean, I know you had Jordan, you had Kobe, you had LeBron, you had Shaq, Tim Duncan, Allen Iverson, uh, quite a few. The list goes on. But, you know, if you had a top three, um, top three players that you had to put together, who would your top three be? I would have picked um I would have picked Jordan, Jordan, Katie, and Shaq. Okay. Why that combination? Why 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 would you leave Kobe or LeBron out? Because I feel like Jordan Jordan kind of he's solid at the one and two position. He can um I feel like he could he could run the team and he could close games. KD spreads the floor, he's very versatile, he's a three four. So we kind of cover ground in various positions. As well as Shaq being dumbed in the post, so I know we're gonna get every rebound, or you know, kind of have a chance every every time to get the rebound. Right. Absolutely. So this we we we're referring to the Shaq of the early two thousands. Right. <laughs> Absolutely right. So let me ask this: switching gears really quick. I know you had the chance to meet um, Coach Prime um, since he's became the head coach at Jackson State. What are you? What are your thoughts on uh, Deion Sanders becoming the head coach at Jackson State? I think it's a great move for the university as well as uh, the city of Jackson. It gives us a chance to uh, be on a wider platform and, you know, to kind of showcase what we have to offer HBCU. When you met him, what were some of the things that he, that he, that he said to you? I don't know if you guys had an in-depth conversation, but when he met you, like, what, what, did, he, what did he tell you? We actually didn't get a chance to have an in-depth conversation because, of course, you know, uh, everything was kind of moving fast. With, right. Uh, welcoming him in and the various interviews, so. We didn't actually get a chance to have an in-depth conversation, but you know, he kind of, you know, told me congratulations on everything, and I congratulated him as well. You know, and we said, you know, we look forward to sitting down and kind of, you know, getting a better feel for each other. In terms of like when you started looking at Jackson State holistically, I mean, a lot of things have happened. I mean, with you, you know, getting the SB, and then also with Coach Prime there now, the head coach of the team, and just with everything going on, uh, seems like Jackson State is trending upward. How do how do these things, you know, in particular that we're talking about, change the whole narrative and culture around Jackson State? It shows that, you know, we're capable of doing what high majors do. It shows that, you know, we have the same talent. You know, if we have the resources, we can do the same things. And it just uh, you know, shows that we're very talented and we have a lot to offer. Well, like I said, Snacks, I definitely appreciate you for coming on. Um, and also, if people want to follow you on social media and kind of figure out some other things that you have going on and what you're doing, how can they follow you? They can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at BigHomie underscore Tom. It's B-I-G-H-O-M-I-E underscore T-O-M. And um, Thomas Lee on Facebook. Stay tuned for episode 11 of the Red Diamond Report podcast. Until then, make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at the RDR Report and follow me on Twitter at Wilton Reports and on Instagram at Wilton Reports underscore.